Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Please turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 6. We'll read from verse 12. The Bible says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obededom, and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God. David is a man. He's not going to be left out of any blessing. He went out and get some. You're getting some this morning. Amen. He went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obededom to the city of David with gladness. That's important. You can underline that. You can highlight that in your Bible, whichever way it is. He brought it with gladness. May you draw with joy from the well of salvation today. Amen. So it was. When those bringing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Six paces he sacrificed. And then David danced before the Lord oh, with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the trumpet. We're going to read Psalm 126, verse 6. One more verse. Psalm 126, verse 6. The Bible says, He who continually goeth forth weeping, bearing seed of sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his chips with him. Can you say a loud amen wherever you are? This morning, the title of our exhortation is The Cost of True Honor. The cost of true honor. Now, as we begin to round up uh, this half of our study uh, on David, by God's grace, we believe God that the other half will be next year at some point. Uh, there is an important aspect, extremely important aspect of David's relationship with God. We must touch. This is what made him unique. And a worthy example for us to emulate. You know, I've said it many times that if David were to be, if his story were to be summed up in one word, that that one word will be honor. David was a man, and that's why what you think of him, he was a man of honor. A man that honored men. He was a man that honored authorities above him. David was a man. That honored above all things, he honored God. And we want to learn something about that and apply it into our own life. Now, honor is one of those most misunderstood concepts in man or in God to man and man to God relationship, as well as man to man relationships. Honor is most misunderstood. In fact, it's very common for people who are not honorable to expect honor to be given to them. So what are you talking about? Honor. 
Honor is a spiritual currency for elevation. Honor. It was God who told us in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verse 13, he says that, you know what, those who honor me, I will honor. He said, those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. God said, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. So you see the honor is extremely important to God. There are different types of honor. We're not going into them today. But it's important to be aware that honor is something which we encounter on daily basis. The matter of honoring is settled in the spirit. There are some aspects of honor that it is not about how you feel. It is a matter that is settled in the spirit. You know the Bible tells us that one of the first, it said the first law that comes with a blessing is to honor one's father and one's mother. It didn't say if they deserve it to you. Honor them. It is settled in the spirit. So there are levels of honor that we can't even contest. It's not open for debates. Something about honor that we should also remind ourselves as we begin is that honor was imputed into you and into me right from the beginning. Before you could spell Jack, honor was imputed into all of us right from the start when God created us. And that is serious. God decided to put honor into man. Whatever that man is going to turn into. It's like you have created a product or somebody is starting their product and you decide that you can use my name. God did such a thing and you can imagine was it taking, wasn't it taking such a risk? That's who God is. That's for us to understand that the honor God gave us at the beginning was a good honor. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1 verse 17, he said every good gift Every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the father of light. Now watch it. The father of light. He's not the father of electricity. He's not, he's not talking about bulbs. He's not talking about the sun or the moon. Lights. That's you. Because you are the light of the world. The father of light in whom there is no variableness, no variation, no shadow. What do you say? In other words, when God gave us honor, he gave us honor without taking anything out of it. There is no shadow in the honor that God gave to us. God ensured that when he created us, when he sent us out, he put honor into, say I'm a honorable person. That's who you are. Doesn't matter what people call you or what you have turned to, when you are created, God put honor in you. That's how God did. He credited everybody with honor, regardless of your faith, regardless of what you have turned to. When he created you, he had a dream for you. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it says, when God created us, he said, let us make man. Now watch it. In our own image. Can you see that? In our own image. After our own likeness. That's what God did. God decided that, you know what? Everybody that we are creating must be like us. And guess what? God said, let them have dominion. He didn't say let some of them have. Let them have dominion over all the things we have created. 
God so much honored us, he honored us with power, with dominion at the beginning. So again, for us to understand, there is nothing God can ask you to give that God has not given to you first. There's nothing. God can never, never ask of you what is not given to you. If anybody demands of something God didn't give to you, that's not of God. God can never ask you. God can never ask you for that. Guess what? God could have, at the beginning, decided that we're the man that we are making. We're going to make them look like an elephant. Or look like a lion. Or look like a beautiful bird. Because, you see, we are above. We are so special. But God said, no, we're going to make them like ourselves. Only the person you honor can you give the kind of honor that is accosted to you. And God said, I'm not stopping there. I am not stopping there. God decided not only to just give us his own self, God honored us with his presence and he honored us with his attention. Please note this. He honored us with his presence and his attention. This is how you're going to look at it. Imagine you're, you're throwing a party. Forget about COVID season. Let's say there's no COVID. You're throwing a party and um, you have invited, let's say you invite your pastor. And I was able to attend it. When I attended, you said that thanks for honoring our invitation. So I've honored you with my presence. God honored us with his presence. That's one level. Now imagine throughout the party, I kept on going out, staying on the phone. Or throughout the party, I was on my phone throughout. It means though I honored you with my presence, I have not honored you with my attention. God honored us with his presence and his attention. What a honor. The Bible says, in Isaiah 43, verse 4, it says, since you are precious in my sight. Say, I'm precious in God's sight. I love this scripture. You are precious in my sight. You have been honored. And I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. And then the psalmist said something in Psalm 91, verse 15. He says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him. You see presence? I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. Shall call upon me. I will answer. I love that. I will be with him. And I will deliver him. So my dear friends, this morning, we are starting off by understanding something. That God has honored you. God has given you so much platform for you to become who you should become. So question is, what is honor? Well, the word honor, you can define in so many words. But let's stay with just about three or four. To honor means to swell, to increase in size. It means to add weight to. It means there's weight about my life. When you mention my name, there should be weight. When you think of yourself, you should know that there is weight about you. Don't think of yourself low. Don't think I'm useless. Don't think I'm nobody. To honor means to respect. 
He who God has honored, don't disrespect them. To honor friends, it means to increase in value. So, now somebody may say, I understand all this. I get it. I know what you're saying about God, and I honor God. But my issue, how do you honor God when it hurts? Which is where we are leading to. How do you honor God when what is done? You're not happy with him. How do you honor God when... How do you honor God when the thing that is, is going on in your life, it appears as if God is against you? How can I honor God in that situation? Now, this is where we joined our friend David this morning. Because we left David last week. Bringing back the ark to Jerusalem. And the scripture tells us that his first attempt ended up poorly. In disappointment. In embarrassment. It was almost like God gave David a public rebuke. It was almost like God disgraced him. I mean, David... Who had told all his leaders, we're going to bring the ark back. This is, I know this is really sound. This is the best thing we can do. And I feel it in my spirit. And they said, king, we are with you. And in the process, it fell flat. If you are a leader and you believe in a project and it finished like that, I guarantee you, you are not likely to quickly say, okay, okay, I know it. Except you have known something about the person who sent you. Now David, the Bible said out of fear. He wanted to do nothing. He wanted nothing to do with the ark. So he left the ark along the road in the house of Obededo. And then three months later, he had news that Obededo's house had been blessed by God because of the presence of the ark. So it dawned on him. God couldn't be the factor that is wrong. There must be something about me. But even then, friends, if you've done a business and it collapsed, if you've done a relationship and it ended up in disappointment, in an embarrassment, to go into it again, to believe God for another one again, this is what we are talking about. How can you still honor God when that thing didn't end in the way, you, when the outcome of the prayer was not what you expected? How can you do that? How do you do that? Now this is a point where many people decide they're not going to honor God. This is a point where many people feel that I don't feel like worshipping. I don't feel like serving God. I don't feel God is worth it. I think your pain is too much for me. Friends, the test of sonship is, not, is how you respond to rebuke. The test of sonship is how you respond if I rebuke you. If you walk away and react negatively, you have just told me who your father is. That's a fact. The Bible said, those whom the father loves, he chastises. Those who he loves, he chastises. If you are a child, that anything you do is okay. You have to really question, how much does the father love you? 
But if you are a child that is able to say, ouch, it hurts. But I thank you for correcting me. I will make necessary changes. Rather than mourn and react to God, David, he decided to do what all of us should be doing on a daily basis. He felt, no, I need to honor God. I have no one else to go to. To whom shall we go? You alone have got the words of life for me. He held on to God. That's honor. Even when it was public. When it was public. Some of us don't mind if it is just private. And that's, that's the place for that. But there are sometimes that has to be a public correction. My son doesn't like when it's public. Shh, people are looking at us. I said, but what you did was in front of people. <laughs> Everybody saw it when you did it. Shh, they're hearing us. There is a true cost to honor. If there was a time to honor God, David and Noah actually showed us that we should honor God at all times, but most especially when it hurts. That's what we can learn from them. <laughs> there is a complex link between praise, honor, sacrifices. You can't understand it, but that's why it is spirit. There is a link between praise and honor that you cannot afford. You cannot remove it. Remember, this is where we started our year with. In January, when we introduced Cain and Abel, we told ourselves under the series of perpetual praise, perpetual praise on Lord. We said, you know, it's with, I said, we live in it, and if we should look at it, we right now, unknown to us in January, we live in the time of Noah, where we have been sailing in an ark that had been COVID-infested river. People have died outside there, on the right and on the left. Many people have lost family members, friends, work colleagues. But like you and I, we are Noah coming out of an ark, I believe, by God's grace. And we are coming out and to look at ourselves and to look at where are they? Where are they? Where is that person? Where is that person I used to know? And you have to understand that even though it hurts, but you are here by grace. The reason why we are here still breathing, still alive, it must be by grace. David knew it could have been me that died when I touched the ark. But I'm here, aren't I? We must understand that things could have been worse. But God sustained us. It is by his grace, despite all the shortcomings of our lives. Despite all the drama, despite all the things that are not right, despite whatever may be out of shape, we are still here. When we talk about people who learn how to honor God, even when it hurts, Noah and David, they're a perfect example. I can look at several examples. Noah came out of the ark. For days they've been locked in the ark. And the first thing that Noah thought of Build an altar. Why build an altar? The first thing he could think of was to build an altar. Can you think of that? There was no house to live in. Yes, you are building an ark. 
and you are building an altar. Noah thought of the fact that, you know what? The waste ahead of us is too much. The rebuild we need to do is beyond us. Only God can see us through this situation. My dear friends, I want you to understand that what is ahead of us, only God can help us. No matter how much you think I got it covered. It is God that we must honor. It is God that can rebuild. It's God that can save us through. But we have not even eaten. We have not even had any good meal. In the past many months we've been in this ark. Yet, Noah took off every good animal and he offered it on the altar. What is the proof that we're ever going to get another one like that? It didn't matter. He knew that if I give it to God, it's not lost. David, one day he was in his stronghold. And he created for water in the midst of battle. Ah, how I wish I could drink from the well in Bethlehem. The Bible said three of his boys had his desire and they fought through the Philistine garrison. And the Bible said they, they brought the water with blood stains all over them. Ah, oh king here, they gave him the water. David, who was thirsty. David, who had a need. David, who had wished I could get the water. Have you ever had a desire to get something? I wish I could get this. I wish I could have money to buy that. I wish I could get this to do that. And then it gets into your hand. What would you do? You go for what you wanted. David, he felt, no, this is too much. This is too much for me. David poured the water. This is for God. This is too much for me. That is a sort of man we are talking about. So friends, while we are claiming their promises, we must understand the price they paid. These are people who understand in the midst of scarcity, it was not that there's another water that he's going to drink. He poured it. God, all yours, such a person will not just get a well. He will get wells. Wells! Because God knows there's nothing I give to this person that I will not use to honor me. David. The Bible said now, the day that David was bringing back the ark on this second time, you must understand that he has not forgotten what happened three months ago. It wasn't because he was just wiped away. The memory was there. The feeling was there. But he realized I must act in obedience to God. Some of us say that I need to be healed. When I'm healed, I'll go and worship God. No, even with the wound, you worship God. Because he is the healer. Yeah. He is the healer. He came back on this second attempt. And I love what happened. That's what we read earlier on. The Bible said as they came... With exuberant praise, with joy in their hearts, tears must be in their in their in their in their eyes, and everybody could still think about what what the king. You know, they will be thinking maybe any moment somebody might die. But the king said, "No, this time around, we have changed things around. We have read how it was in the book. We are not following the word pattern anymore. We saw how the Philistines did it. That's why we bought the new cart. But now we have read what God says, my dear friends. When we walk in obedience, there is a different result. 
the king. He got everybody to come out. The Bible said they were all dancing with joy. With joy. Guess what? This time around, every six steps that they make, he called for a sacrifice. Every six steps they make, he killed a sheep, he killed an oxen. He burnt it. So you can imagine the blood flow. Imagine the burnings of flesh. And they were not eating the meat. It was for the Lord. They burnt it to his glory. Lord, all yours, all yours, all yours. Who told him to do this? He realized for you to shift things, you must push some things. I believe that we are at a point in life, friends, individually and collectively, where we need to shift some things. What has befallen the world is not normal. And for us to shift things, we must come to this mindset of breakthrough leaders. We have to shift things. David knew as he offered his sacrifices, as he began to follow God on this journey, he could think about many giants that have fallen in the battle. In the battlefield. David could think about many warriors that have died. David could think of the fact, how did I even become king? I was not even given a chance. I was the last of a long line of eight boys in my father's house. Nobody expected much to come out of me. David could think of the father, wow, I have only come this far by the grace of God. David could think of the father that everybody tried, when people were trying to expose me, God was trying to shield me. He could think of how he could have lost it. Despite all the things that were not right in his life, God still loved him. David felt, you know what? I will serve you. I will honor you with all my heart. Asi, give me another oxen. Boom. Every time you remember the fact that whatever you have, you didn't really create it. You must honor God. That job you thought, well, I did so well, I passed. You just need to think about people who did better and they never got the opportunity. That's a fact. There is nothing we have that we have not received. Nothing. Nothing. David knew that God watched over him. When his enemies pursued him, it was God who kept him. He was the underdog in his father's family. Even his own brothers didn't give him a chance. That is the real cost of true honor. Now let's step this up. So Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 15 verse 8. Jesus said, these people draw near to me with their mouth but their lips he said, they draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. That's interesting. They draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. So there is a way we can say, Lord, I honor you. I honor you. With everything in me, I bless your name, Lord. Really? He said, you are doing all that with your lips. But here is the thing God is after, our heart. He said, but their heart is far from me. Uh-oh. 
So Jesus is saying, this is a key point. Jesus is saying that the engagement of our heart reveals the sincerity of our honor. The engagement of our heart. So this morning I ask you, where is your heart in your worship? Where is your heart in your worship? We can sing. We can dance. We saw David did all that. But there is something that proves what is on the lips. Something that shows what is truly on the lips. The direction of our heart. Friends, we cannot honor God or honor anybody with mere words. You can't honor anyone. You said, you know, I love you with mere words. The direction of your money is the, is the, is the alignment of your heart. The direction of your money is the alignment of your heart. Now, that's what it is. How do I know this? The Bible says so. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. It says that for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see that? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. As we're studying this great man, and we are saying, God, this is a season, this is a time for us, Lord, to break through in our generation. What God will use in that, listen to me, we can't handle what's ahead by ourselves. And it's a spiritual matter. The way to deal with this is how we honor God. How we honor God continuously. So the use of your money is the physical evidence of the priorities of your heart. Many of us are takers. But God wants us to think about the children that are behind us. The children, children. Think about the name that we are leaving behind. Think about the struggles they will have to go through in their time. That their own capacity will not be able to bear alone. The price that David paid here, friends, paved the way for his children coming behind him. That's why God will say because of David. Do you know that generations behind David, they continue to get blessed because of the price he paid. Till to my covenant with David, your father. And he's not referring to direct father. Great, great, great grandfather. Do you remember when David cursed Joab? And he said, because of these things you've done, by killing Abner, there shall not lack a time, a man in your generation, either that they lean, either that they are poor, either that they die by the sword. But people will just see that that thing happened, and they say, well, what happened? We didn't understand. That's the same point that happens when there is honor. So going back to Jesus Christ, your faith in Christ goes deeper than just what you say. Most of us, we were raised in the generation of name it, claim it, declare it, say it after me. But beyond what you say, what are you doing? What is on your altar? Where is the fire on the altar? Where is the oxen on the altar? Oh, Old Testament, really? That's why I'm taking you to Jesus. Because Jesus showed us the importance of honor. Remember when I said that God honored us first? 
when God honored us, he honored us totally. That's why Jesus Christ did not choose an angel to die for us. When he honored us, by honoring his father on the cross, he died. He gave himself completely. Completely. He gave himself. Friends, when Jesus dealt with money, he dealt with the heart. When he dealt with money, he dealt with the heart. It's not just about how much was it. It's a heart matter. Many times we have kind of limited ourselves to figures that are not necessary. God wants the heart. It's a heart issue. Because your heart will tell you whether you are in the right or in the wrong. Again, going back to the law of first mention, Abel and Cain. It was a heart matter. Abel offered unto God what was correct. It was clear. Then Cain became angry in his heart. And God said, Cain, why are you, why are you upset? You know when God asks questions, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he wants to give you opportunity to make adjustments. So when it comes to money, every time God, Jesus Christ dealt with money, he dealt with it from the heart. Where is your heart in the conversation? You know, sometimes you are talking to people and you can see that they have really gone off. When it comes to honor, it's about that attention. It's about that I need to be ready. I need to be attentive. I need to give them my all. Honor. Friends, when you got married, you said, with my body, I did what? With you. And I honor you. You honor them with your body, with everything you have, not because the time is good. When it is good, when it's not good, you still have to honor. Are you listening to me this morning? That's what it is with God. Many of us fail to honor. We don't even live in the honorable relationship with God because we feel we have other things that are more important. Jesus Christ continues. He dealt with money from the heart. Matthew 18. said, all this I have done since my youth. And he said to him that, okay, go away, sell what you have, and then follow me. The Bible said the young ruler went away sad. He went away, now watch this. <laughs> Jesus Christ knew his heart when he told him that. He went away sad. Now, why would he go away sad? He said, he looked at him and he loved him. He's like, oh, poor guy. He loved him. Why? Because the guy was dealing with a problem in his heart. He could not part with what he had, yet he wanted what Christ could give. So Jesus Christ now said, it is hard for rich people to enter the kingdom. Why was it hard? Because they cannot deal with the matter in their hearts. And so Jesus Christ, the disciple now said, well, how then can we, how can we do it? He looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who are ready to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches? That's the key word. The problem there is not the riches. Jesus Christ, he has come to enrich us. But when your trust is in the riches, you think your riches is what's going to create the next level after post-COVID. It's a lie. Because why? If you put your trust in riches, you cannot get to where you need to get to. Riches develop wings, fly away. Things crash. I'm praying that what God has given to you, you will not lose it. But don't put your trust in riches. Put your trust in God. 
It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. The test of your spiritual commitment is in your giving. The test of your spiritual commitment is in your giving. The highest measure of your love for Christ is in your giving. It's in your giving. That's the highest measure of your love for Christ. He gave himself. He gave himself. You know when it comes to Jesus, there is no 10%. No. There's no tithe when it comes to Jesus. That's why some people say, you know, after all, there's no, no, no. He didn't remove the 10%. He referred to it. He said, that you should have done, but gone beyond it. Christ came to demonstrate the fullness of God, not in 10%. And I'm going to demonstrate that again. Watch this. One day, Jesus Christ sat in church and people were giving. And he watched the rich people as they cast their lots. They cast their resources. They were giving. He sat there and watched them. He said, well, they, they tried. Then he saw a widow. Watch this. He saw a widow. The woman came forward and gave all that she had. So you see, it's not about how much is it. It is how much of your heart have you put in the offering. That's how it is. How much? The Bible said she gave all she had. But excuse me, shouldn't Jesus Christ have stopped the widow from giving all she had? She's a poor woman. That's why with men, it's impossible. Jesus Christ knew that what this woman needed is a breakthrough. Your breakthrough does not come by the money you kept to yourself. That's the truth. There are things that shift things in the spirit and you have to say, God, you are able to deal with what my money can't deal with. You see that? It's not about the calculation of figures. Jesus Christ said, this widow has given much more. Has given much more. I can go on and on. Friends, giving is not a means to impoverish anybody at all. It is not. It is actually the power to empower people onto new levels. That's the secret of David. You know, David one day, he said, I want to build the best tabernacle in the world for God. Because look at my house, beautiful. But look at where the Ark of Covenant is. It's dwelling in tents. So I'm going to do that. And then God said, no. David, you are not going to build it. Because you have shed so much blood. But your son will build it. <laughs> Guess what, David? David will not be denied of blessing. The Bible said that David said, okay, I will build it. But guess what I'm going to do? Every single thing they need, including the nails. David bought everything. He imported everything. He gathered everything. And then he said to his son, Solomon, you are inexperienced. You are young. But I have provided for the building of the house of the Lord. How about that? He honored God with everything he had. So while you are busy counting Bathsheba, while you are busy counting what is not right, God is saying that there's something about this man is chasing my heart. And that is the truth. It is not, it's not, it's not a lifestyle that I'm saying, you didn't find every doing it on a daily basis, but with the thought that you have in your life, you must understand that if God will correct you, if your heart will be right towards God, you'll be able to say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? You'll be able to align yourself and say, God, I give you praise. For all that I have, it's yours. As I close.
in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. David wanted to build an altar on the plot of Arona. Arona said, I have got everything ready. You don't need to do anything. I'll give it to you free. David said, no. <laughs> I shall not give unto my God. That would cost me nothing. Friend, what are you, how are you honoring your God this day? Would that will cost you nothing? I want you to understand that if you are waiting for somebody to motivate you to honor God, it will not happen. David, in his bid to honor God, the Bible says he was dancing, dancing, honoring God, naked, and he was dancing before the ark. Guess what? The nearest person to him was his wife. She mocked him. She ridiculed him. She said, look at the king. Look at the way you are dancing. You are, is this the way a king should do? But David said, you know what? These same people you are talking about, these same people that you are talking about, he said, I will do much more. I will be humble in my sight, but as for my maid servant that you are talking about, by them I will be held in honor. Friends, sometimes your spouse may even mock you because you want to honor God. You must make up your mind who you are honoring. Real honor has a cost. What is the price you are paying today? As I begin to pray for you today in the name of Jesus, as you honor your father and your mother, I decree that your days will be long according to the word of God in Jesus' name. You'll be able to speak to sicknesses. Sickness move back because I honor my parents. I address you go because I am a man of honor. Bible tells us that Esther honored the land. When they said to him, Esther, you must go to the king. Esther could have saved her life, but she decided to honor God. And as she honored God, scepter was stretched out to her. I pray as you live in honor of the word of God, may authority be placed in your hand in the name of Jesus. Like hammer, like hammer. Everyone who has made themselves the enemy of your progress, they will be the one to actually prophesy it. They will publicize it. They will carry it out because God will honor you because you are a person of honor. In the name of Jesus, wherever you have felt dishonored, I pray that you begin to walk in dominion. You will walk in power. In the mighty name of Jesus, from today, we execute the written judgment upon lack in your life. We execute the written judgment upon sickness in your life. The written judgment of shame in your life with decree will not be your portion. In Jesus' name, as you honor the Lord with your possessions, we decree that in Jesus' name, as you honor him with the first fruit of your increase, riches and honor will be your portion. Riches and honor will be your portion. Enduring riches and righteousness will accompany you. As you honor God, receive length of days on your right hand. Length of days on your left hand. Riches and honor ahead of you, behind you, in the name of Jesus. The Bible said in the great house, there are different kinds of vessels. Some to honor and some to dishonor. I pray that you will be known as a vessel of honor. As a vessel of gold and silver. In the name of Jesus. As you sanctify yourself, you'll be useful by your master. You will be useful, prepared for every good work. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
the Bible says that since you are precious in his sight, he said you have been honored and he has loved you. May you experience the love of God. May you walk in the love of God. I pray that in the name of Jesus, the beast of the field, they will honor you. The beast of the field, the jackass, the ostriches, they will honor you because you come in the power of the living God. Instead of shame, you will receive double honor. You will receive double honor. This year, as you make up your mind for honoring God, receive double honor instead of confusion. I said in Jesus' name, you shall rejoice in your portion. The Bible says, elders, especially those who labor in the word of doctrine, I decree from today, as you labor in the word of God, as you labor in the word of God, be counted worthy of double honor. Every servant of God, as you labor truthfully in the word of God, be counted double honor in Jesus' name. And I pray as I close today, and now to the King Eternal, the visible, the mortal God, to God alone who is wise, let him be all the honor, the glory, forever and ever. Come on, somebody put your hand together. Bless his name. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.